The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, everyone. Football is back. After what felt like an extremely short offseason, we are just uh, a month or less than a month away from the start of the NFL regular season, depending on when you're listening to this. So I am preparing for the road to 272 bets. If you haven't listened to this podcast over the past couple of years, there are 272 NFL games in a season. I bet on all 272 of them. But before we get to the regular season, uh, I have a little special preseason, little pre-season uh, preview episode of the podcast where I will be giving you my best bet for all 32 NFL teams. So 32 teams, 32 futures bets. A lot of them are win totals, but I got some other ones uh, on a few different teams as well. Uh, and then at the end of the show, uh, I will be giving you my pick to win the NFC, my pick to win the AFC, and my pick to win the Super Bowl. And then I'll wrap the show up with uh, the official rules for this year's edition of the road to 272 bets. I'm setting some official rules. I'm making one slight tweak to the rules compared to uh, how I did things uh, the first three years uh, that I ran it. But before we get into the details of this year's edition of the road to 272 bets, let's have a little season preview talk. Like I said, I'm going to go through all 32 teams. I will go through them in alphabetical order. I will give you my best bet for all of them, my best futures bet. Uh, I will be releasing this. I'm recording this the night before the NFL Hall of Fame game, so I'll be recording this the morning of the Hall of Fame game. Yes, it's preseason. Yes, it's stupid. Uh, but if you're listening to this to the, the day that it's released tonight, we get to watch guys and pads hit each other. How fun is that? Uh, my yearly tradition will be uh, I will watch probably the first quarter of the Hall of Fame game. I will then not watch another snap of the preseason. Probably the only bets I will place on the preseason uh, will be uh, the Baltimore Ravens to cover uh, every single one of their preseason games. If you don't know about this, it is the best trend for the NFL preseason. Probably, the, like I said, the only thing you should bet on the NFL preseason. We'll see if it continues. But the Ravens 26-5 and against the spread in their last 31 preseason games. For some reason, John Harbaugh loves to win and cover spreads in preseason. I also think uh, they're like 22-0 and straight up in their last 22 preseason games or something as well. So uh, bet the Ravens in preseason. That's probably the only decent actual trend you're going to find. And there is, you know, I'm not a huge trends guy, but there is some backing to it. It's clear that John Harbaugh does not just coach to get a look at his guys. He coaches to win those preseason games, and that plays a big effect in the preseason because a lot of coaches don't care if they win or lose. They just want to evaluate their guys. Harbaugh plays to win in the preseason. Um, have the books caught on to that? Probably, but that's the only thing I'm going to bet for the preseason. But like I said, 32 teams, 32 bets. I've also written up all of these bets over at BetSided. So if you want to know where I got the odds, head over to the written article version of this. Uh, it is over at BetSided. I will tweet it out as well. It's titled Best Futures Bet to Place for All 32 NFL Teams Before Opening Week. Uh, and the little widgets that we have in there um, are going to show you, if you live in the United States, uh, the best odds to place each bet, depending on uh, which regulated books you have in your given state. 
um, which is also going to be a little twist of the road to 272 bets this season, is I will also have written versions of my picks. Uh, so you can quickly go through them if you don't want to sit through a 30 to 60 minute long podcast. But enough dilly-dallying. I'm pumped. Football is back. This will be my last episode of the podcast I'm going to do before the start of the regular season. I got uh, one more vacation I got to go on later this month, uh, a couple of weddings to attend. So this will be the last episode of the Bacon Bets podcast until week one of the regular season. So I am very excited. Without further ado, let's jump into it. No, Lisa. The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. More bacon than the pan can handle. Utility man. Utility man. Like I said, alphabetical order going by the city. That means that we are going to start uh, my season preview podcast here with the Arizona Cardinals projected to be. The worst team in the NFL. They have the lowest projected win total. They are a disaster. They basically cleaned house of everyone except for Kyler Murray. Was that smart? But time will tell. Kyler Murray is not even healthy. He's probably going to miss at least the first few weeks of the regular season. Uh, I'm just looking at their win total here in this one. Win total of four and a half. I am going to go under four and a half at minus 102. I don't really know where else you can go with the Cardinals team. And I don't really have too much positive to say about this Cardinals team. I One of my greatest takes of all time, I was just I, I was a couple years early with it. I think it was halfway through Kyler Murray's rookie season. I said, this guy's going to be the O to the league. I think I said by the end of 2022 or 2023. I think it was 2022. It got aggressive with the take. Um, people ripped me apart of the time, but now you just had to have patience. Um, let's see if I can find that little tweet. Uh, oh, accidentally put up my next best bet. If you're watching the YouTube version uh, of the of the podcast that just got spoiled for you. There we go. Arizona Cardinals under four and a half wins. Uh oh, this was this this was the tweet. Kyler Murray will start fewer than 25 games in his career. That's what I said. That was a little aggressive, but at the end of the day, Kyler Murray has proven, I think he's proven that he's not the guy. I know he got hurt last year, but I think the writing was on the wall when he signed that big contract, and there's a clause in the contract that he wa- that he had to watch a certain amount of film uh, each week. Uh, he's kind of come out and said that. I mean, listen, if you, list- if you listen to his interviews, he's not the brightest bulb in- on the shelf <laughs> either. Uh, so uh, even when Kyler Murray comes back, I have no faith in the Cardinals, and who knows when, he comes- w- when he's going to come back. Still nursing what is an ACL. I think that he busted up last season. And then who else? You got you got a defense. The only guy that you really recognize on their defense is Buda Baker. Their receivers are not great. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins left in the offseason. It's 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 a shit show in, in Arizona. Now, I will say, uh, to kind of play devil's advocate here, um, the projected worst team last year was the Seattle, Seattle Seahawks, another NFC West team, and they ended up going on to have a pretty solid year and made the postseason. So uh, maybe these projections won't turn out to be correct, but... I don't like Kyler Murray. I don't like this team. I don't like this franchise. I think four and a half wins is set probably around right, but I think uh, I got it at minus 102. I think that's a pretty decent bet on it, uh, on them to go under as well. Uh, And even though they're playing in the NFC, uh, they have 
a the 11th hardest schedule based on opponents projected win totals as well so they don't have an easy schedule either whereas a lot of the other bad teams for the most part have schedules that are relatively easy not the case for the cardinals so are they going to be the worst team i don't know maybe there's another team that's only going to win three or four games but at the end of the day i think they go under four and a half wins i'm pretty i'm pretty comfortable with that bet so sorry cardinals fans i'm starting off with uh starting off the podcast here with a little bit of negativity but i'm going to go under four and a half wins uh for this arizona cardinals team let's move on to my atlanta falcons we'll get this out of the way you see the uh helmet in my background here signed by kyle pitts no big deal big bounce back season coming for kyle pitts i'd take him to make the playoffs uh plus 112 plus money in the atlanta falcons to make the playoffs now i thought about taking them to win the nfc south I, I don't know how I feel about the Saints, really. I, I mean, That made me a little bit nervous. I probably will bet on them to win the, the, the NFC South. But my best bet, and this is a bet that I'm going to place a pretty sizable sum uh, on them, is for them to just make the postseason. Not only are they in arguably the weakest division in the NFC South, they're also in the NFC, which as a conference is not a good conference whatsoever. Uh, I think a wild card is more than in the cards for them, pardon the pun. Uh, and this Falcons team has made a lot of improvements on the defensive side of the football that not a lot of people um, are talking about. They got some very solid veteran players. Not guys who are going to be all pro, but they plugged a lot of gaps. This management has talked about since uh, the new management has taken over that in the draft, they will draft the best player available and then they will make the team better and, dra- and uh, fill in the holes that they need to fill in through free agency. And to their credit, even if I might not agree with that strategy, I didn't love the Bijan Robinson pick. I thought there was a lot of other players uh, that they could have drafted to fill some needs uh, in that in that slot. But to their credit, they're sticking to that strategy because this offseason, they signed Calais Campbell. They signed David Onyemata. They signed Bud Dupree. Uh, the biggest one of the bunch, which is probably the one that you know, that they got Jesse Bates from the Bengals, one of the better safeties in the NFL, once again, and a couple other guys as well, but once again, not guys who are going to be all pro, not guys who are going to win defensive player of the year, but guys who are filling gaps in their defense, guys who bring veteran presence, a veteran leadership, and I think that's going to make all the difference in the world. They're not going to be top five defense, but I don't think they have to be, especially not to make the playoffs. And now you have an offense, which people hate Desmond Ritter, but you watch his four games last year. He improved in each of the four starts. He did not throw an interception, which is huge. They don't need him to go win the game. Uh, with uh, Bijan Robinson in the backfield, Tyler Algier in the backfield, Cordero Patterson. They don't need him to go win the game. This is going to be a run-first offense. Uh, they're going to manage the game, and that's exactly what he has proven he can do. Not Don't turn the ball over. If he cannot turn the ball over, hit Kyle Pitts, hit Drake London when he has to, uh, then Desmond Ritter is going to be completely fine. So I, I know I say this every single year. I think I've been on the Falcons to make the playoffs, I think, every year that I've been a fan of them. And I think every year I tell people it's a great bet. Uh, but this time, I like this is this I've, I like this Falcons team. This is the most I've liked a Falcons team since the year after they lost the Super Bowl when they went to the divisional round and Julio Jones dropped a ball in the end zone to win the game. Not a big deal. Yes, I'm biased. I get that. They also have the, but they also do have the second easiest schedule in the NFL by a long shot. Uh, if you look at Sharp Football Analysis of Warren Sharp's website, uh, I mean, I'm not a big Warren Sharp guy, but his strength of schedule page here is pretty neat to look at. It's the Saints and the Falcons have by far the easiest schedules in the NFL, and it's not even close. 
Um, so I like the Falcons. If you want to go their win total eight and a half, I like the over there. I also just like them to make the playoffs a little plus money bet at plus one twelve. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, my best bet for them is to win their division. The AFC North coming in at plus two twenty, even though Joe Burrow went down with an injury. Looks like uh, he's just gonna be out for a few weeks, so the divisional odds have remained the same. Um, so I'm going to take the Ravens to win the AFC North. Uh, I think that's a pretty good price there at plus 220. Now, I will say, as much of a uh, as this is a bet on uh, the Baltimore Ravens, this is also kind of a bet against the Bengals. Um, but I'm going to talk about the Bengals when I get to them. Um, this, is, this, this is a huge bet on the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. Um, I think this is... I'm a little, I'm not as high on Lamar Jackson as a lot of people are. I think a lot of people still talk about and treat Lamar Jackson like he's the guy who won MVP in 2019. We have now seen three seasons since then. He has not put up any kind of similar numbers as he did in his MVP season. He, I think, I mean, the last two years, the end of the season hurt. But now he does have the weapons. He has Odell Beckham. He has Zay Flowers. uh, Mark Andrews, obviously. Rashad Bateman. Um, Their defense, I think, might go back, get back this season to being one of the best defense in the NFL. Kyle Hamilton is an absolute beast. Patrick Queen, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Roquan Smith. This defense is, I think, going to be a top five defense this year. But the number one reason why I like the Ravens that last year, don't forget, made the playoffs and were a Sam Hubbard uh, 99-yard fumble uh, touchdown return for for a touchdown away from beating the Bengals. Um, And that was without Lamar Jackson. It was Tyler Huntley fumbled on the one inch yard line Bengals returning for a touchdown if that one play didn't happen I don't even think the Ravens had to score the touchdown there as long as they didn't give up a 99 yard fumble return they would have went on to win the game in advance of the divisional round of course that did not happen Um, but my point is this is now a much better Ravens team than last year and I think they can claim the division win but my number one reason why I like the Ravens this season I think John Harbaugh is the best coach in the NFL or if he's not he's top three I think the game is starting to pass Bill Belichick by. So I don't I don't even think Bill Belichick's a top three coach anymore. The decisions he made last year were questionable at best. I think it's Mike Tomlin, Mike Vrabel, John Harbaugh, Nick Sirianni, Doug Peterson. You got to toss those names in there. But John Harbaugh might be my pick for the best coach in the NFL. So I like the Ravens. I think plus 220 is more than a fair price for them to win the division. I don't have any faith in the Browns, and I don't have any faith in the Steelers. So it's going to be Ravens or Bengals. I like the Ravens at plus 220 to win uh, the AFC North. Uh, The Buffalo Bills. Um, I'm kind of surprised by this, and I feel like I might be walking into a trap. But as you guys know who've listened to this podcast in the past, I try not to believe in traps. I try not to overthink them. Sometimes I just got to trust that my evaluation is way different than the than what, the, what sports books and betters are evaluating for teams. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills over 10 and a half wins. Um, what I am surprised about is that that's what their win totals at only 10 uh, and a half. That seems extremely low for a team who I didn't think had their best stuff last year and still won 13 games. Um, and they won 13 games, I believe, the year before, and I think 12 games the year before that. They've had three straight seasons. Yeah, they technically were 13-3 last year um, because they had the DeMar Hamlin game canceled against the Bengals. Even if you hand that loss to them, even if and they were losing at the time, they're still 13-4. So now they're gonna be, are they going to be three wins worse this year? I'm not high on the Bills. I'm not actually betting on them to win the AFC East. I'm betting on a different team to win the AFC East. 
But 10.5 wins seems kind of crazy to me. Um, net yards per play, if you guys have listened to the past editions of this podcast, you know it's my favorite stat in the NFL season. I think for good reason. Three of the final four, three of the four teams in the conference championship games last year were three. The Actually, yeah, three of the four teams were top three in net yards per play throughout the regular season. I think there is quite a bit of merit to the stat. There's obviously exceptions and, you know, there's other things you got to look at turnovers and penalties and third down conversion, red zone rate. But my point is uh, the bills were the third best team in net yards per play uh, last season. So actually it was the bills were the one team who uh, were in the top four that were not in the conference championship weekend. The Eagles chiefs and 49ers were one, two and four. And then the Bengals were like kind of middle of the pack. I'll talk about them a little bit more later, but my point is the Bills were a top three, top four, at very worst top five team last year. They didn't make any huge steps in the offseason. They did make a few key re-signings like Jordan Poyer. I don't see why all of a sudden you can look at this team and think they're going to be three wins worse. Maybe they don't get 13 wins, but they'll get 12 wins. Heck, they can get 11 wins in this bet will win. So I'm shocked this uh, total is only at uh, 10.5, so it might be a trap. I might look back at this at, at the end of the year and feel stupid. Um, but regardless, this is going to be uh, my bet for the Bills is over 10.5 wins. Next up we got uh, the Carolina Panthers. And this is the first uh, kind of one that I'm going a little bit off the beaten path here. I'm going to go with an award, a player award for this one. I'm going to go... Bryce Young to win Offensive Rookie of the Year for the Carolina Panthers at plus 420. Uh, the favorite to win Offensive Rookie of the Year as of recording this podcast is B. John Robinson. Of course, I would love for B. John Robinson uh, to win Rookie of the Year for the Falcons, but he's kind of going into a situation where, and this is why I didn't love that the Falcons drafted B. John Robinson where they did, was because they just had a rookie last season, Tyler Algier, who ran for over 1,000 yards. So... Sure, B. John Robinson might be more talented. Sure, he might be their main back. Um, but at the end of the day, he's going to split carries. This is going to be a running back by committee between Algier, uh, between Robinson and Coriel Patterson, although I think they're going to use him more a little bit in the receiving spot this year than they did the past couple years, but he will still get some carries. I don't know if B. John Robinson would get enough carries to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, or at least to be, I don't think he's going to get enough carries to be favored to win uh, offensive rookie of the year. So I think that inherently leaves some value on the quarterbacks. The next three guys on the list are Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. I like Bryce Young the most. I think he's going into the best situation. I love that the Panthers went and got Adam Thielen in the offseason. That's a great veteran presence uh, that he can use offensively. Uh, also has DJ Chark, pretty solid. He has some a good running game he can rely on with Miles Sanders. He has Hayden Hurst, a tight end, a pretty solid veteran tight end. I think Bryce Young, especially based on his athleticism as well, is he going to have a long uh, tenured career? Maybe, maybe not. We'll see how his size holds up. He's obviously like Kyler Murray's size, and he hasn't aged the best. Uh, But his rookie year, Kyler Murray won Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I think we're going to see a similar rookie season for Bryce Young. So my best bet for the Panthers is Bryce Young to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 420. Next up, we got the Chicago Bears, and I got nothing nice to say about the Chicago Bears, my friends. Under seven and a half wins. Why the hell is their win total at seven and a half? This was the worst team in the NFL last year. 
Um, they won three games last year, I believe it was. And now their win total is all the way up at seven and a half. And you can get the under at plus money. Under seven and a half at plus 105. I don't get it. Now, I'm not going to argue that they uh, didn't take a step in the right direction in the offseason. Sure, they got slightly better. I'm not going to argue that. But did they get five wins better? They got to get eight wins for the over to hit this year. Five wins better, this Bears team? Now, whether or not they do that is going to rely on uh, quarterback Justin Fields, of course. Justin Fields, who I read a tweet today, at least at one specific sports but a sports book, I forget which book, has received the most bets to win NFL MVP. Why do people love Justin Fields? This guy has not shown us anything. Also, if you look at the NFL Top 100 that's being released, I think the top, I think 40 or 30 players, or the top 70 or 80 players have been released so far, voted on by the players. Justin Fields ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. What are we doing? I, yes, he has made some flashy plays. So if you look, if you just watch like Justin Fields highlights, then you think he's going to be, then I see why you think he's going to win MVP. But unfortunately, you can't just take your good plays. You got to take your bad plays as well. And he has a lot of bad plays. This past season, the NFL amongst quarterbacks, he ranked 25th in quarterback rating. And even if you want to throw in rushing yards, which QBR does, still only the 17th best quarterback. So you could say, yes, yeah, 25th in quarterback rating, but he, what he does best is run with the football. Well, you include the running, and he's still 17th in QBR. So he's, at best, at best, he's a below-average quarterback. He only threw six more touchdowns and interceptions. He is, his, his decision-making all season was less than stellar. His completion percentage was crap. And now you're telling me because they signed DJ Moore in the offseason, all of a sudden he's going to be an MVP candidate and the Bears are going to win eight games? Absolutely not. I will be fading Justin Fields. I'll be fading the Chicago Bears. I'll take under seven and a half wins for the Chicago Bears at plus 105. Uh, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals. I did kind of allude to uh, earlier where I was going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, and I'm going to go under 11 and a half wins. Now, there's a couple different ways you can go with the Bengals. Uh, some sports books have their win total set at 10 and a half with the under at plus money and the over juiced. Other sports books have it at 11 and a half with the over at plus money and the under juiced. I'm going to take the I'm going to take the minus 144 at 11 and a half wins. And this is yes, even with the Joe Burrow injury these odds have remained the same i guess odds makers and betters believe that he will be back healthy by the start of the season or at least that he's not going to affect uh their win total that much but i wasn't very high on the Bengals last year i know they went on that huge win streak to close out the year i know they were very close to advancing to the super bowl once again but we're not talking about the playoffs we're talking about the regular season and at times they didn't look great they especially got off to a slow start this year. And if Joe Burrow misses the entire preseason, I encourage you to remember how it went last year when Joe Burrow did not play a preseason snap. I think they started off 0-2. Joe Burrow was throwing interceptions all over the football field. I would proceed with caution with the Cincinnati Bengals, definitely at the start of the year, and if not at the start of the year for the entire season. Um, I mentioned net yards per play. Last year, they were just 13th in the NFL and net yards per play. That tells me that they overperformed a little bit. I think because of their playoff success the past couple of years and because of how popular Joe Burrow is, and to be fair, Joe Burrow is a top five quarterback in the NFL, I think uh, they're a little overvalued heading into the season. Now, I have Bengals fans who listen to this who send me 
DMs when I trash talk the Bengals. I'm not trying to trash them. We're looking for value here, my friends, and I got to be objective. And in my objective opinion, because I like the Bengals. I like their fan base. I wish them well. But 11 and a half wins is, is at least one win too high. I think, I think, I mean, 10 or 11. I, do they reach 12 wins? I know last year, I think they had 12 wins, right? They might have even had 13 wins last year. I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think their record was a little bit better than it should have been last year. Uh, they've lost both their safeties. I don't think you can, you know, I don't think you can understate how important it is that they lost both Jesse Bates to the Falcons and Von Bell to the Panthers. I think that's going to be huge. Their offensive line was supposed to be a lot better last year than it wasn't. Now they made a couple moves again this year to try to shore it up again. I don't know. I think 11 and a half is a tad too high. I will go under 11 and a half wins uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Staying in the AFC North, this might be one of my favorite bets of the season. The Cleveland Browns under nine and a half wins at minus 130. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, when Deshaun Watson came back off his suspension last year, they're absolutely terrible. Deshaun Watson stunk. So you can look at it in two ways. You can look at it as, hey, Deshaun Watson was rusty, didn't play the whole season, couldn't be with the team. Of course, he was going to be bad, not going to overlook it. He's going to return back to his former self when he was like a near MVP candidate with the Texans. Or you can look at it and say, he took off a lot of time in between seasons. He's not the same guy uh, that he used to be, and we shouldn't treat him as such. That's kind of more the way that I'm going to lean, because it wasn't just that he was kind of bad, he was terrible. He played in six games last year, and he didn't get better as the season went on. Completed only 58.2% of passes, seven touchdowns, five interceptions, and he only completed 6.5 yards per throw. That's terrible. Uh, their defense, I don't think, is as, is, is as good as a lot of people think or say. Uh, they play in a very tough division and a very tough conference in the AFC. Um, in terms of strength of schedule, a very average strength of schedule. But at the end of the day, nine and a half wins, I think they come in with eight or nine. So I'll go under nine and a half wins for the Cleveland Browns. Don't worry, I do. I am taking the over on some teams' win total, uh, including actually the next two teams I'm going to talk about, including the Dallas Cowboys. I'll take over nine and a half wins on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I don't like the Cowboys. It makes me sick to do this, to place this bet. Um, but I think nine and a half wins is... Um, kind of a crazy number. They won how many games did they win last year? Uh, 12 and five last year. So they, they, they would have to be worse this year by three games for this total to go under. Are they going to be worse by three games? I actually think they underperformed last year. I don't think, I don't like Mike McCarthy. I don't think there'll be a Super Bowl, Super Bowl contender as long as Mike McCarthy's there. Um, but of course he's going to be there because he's a yes man and Jerry Jones only... Uh, signs yes men as head coaches uh, but at the end of the day nine and a half wins is insulting for a very very weak nfc yes the nfc east in general is probably the strongest nfc division maybe but overall most of the teams are going to play not that good <coughs> i think we're going to see a little bit of a bounce back for dak prescott specifically i think get a bit of a down year last year i think he's better than what he played last year because mainly it was interceptions. Outside of the interceptions, I actually didn't think he had all that bad of the year. Tony Pollard, now that Zeke is gone, 
you know, he's been somehow not getting as many carries as it should have been the past couple of years, despite him averaging like a yard and a half more yards per carry than, than Zeke. Now Zeke is gone. They can just feel free to just feed Pollard all game. I think that'll be huge for them. They t- uh, added uh, Brandon Cooks, which is going to be big for the Cowboys. I just think nine and a half wins is, a, is, an, is an extremely low total for a team that should be very good. A team that had a very good pass rush last year. They have the betting favor to win defense player of the year, Micah Parsons. Nine and a half is crazy to me. Um, like I said, are they, am I betting on them to win the division? No. Am I betting on them to win the Super Bowl? No. But nine and a half wins, I'll take the over on that. I think that's I think that's a crazy number. You do got to lay some juice a little bit, minus 154. And actually, now that I'm looking at it, it's moved up to minus 159. I still think there's value there. Lay the juice, put two units on it. I think that's, I think that's a crazy win total. Uh, Denver Broncos, I don't know if this is going to be popular or one of them or not, but... Their win totals at eight and a half. I actually kind of like the over on that. I got it at plus 106 as well. This is going to be one of the most fascinating teams to watch this year because they were like almost Super Bowl. Like they're considered like Super Bowl contenders uh, last year when they had Russell Wilson. And then it was arguably one of the worst displays of football throughout an entire season by an offense that I've ever seen. Now, was that Russell Wilson washed up or was that Nathaniel Hackett or was it a mixture of both? We will find that out this season now do i think there's this is you know i'm going to say a lot of the similar things that i said about the cowboys so i think they're a super bowl contender no am i going to take them to win the afc west no but eight and a half wins yes don't forget there was a time um i want is like around like week like 12 13 14 ish last year where there was there was that stack going around that if the, the broncos had averaged like or if they had scored like 14 points in every game then they would have been like 11 and 2 or something like they're the best scoring defense now, if you look at the numbers, uh, if you just now look back at those numbers, they aren't as impressive because the defense, you can tell, if you look at the box scores, the defense gave up the last four weeks. Uh, they actually allowed an average of 35.33 points over the last three games of the season, so they just completely mailed it in. But like the first 14, 15 weeks, they were the best defense in the NFL and wasn't even close. So if their defense can even get close to that level of success again this year and their offense can at least be a little bit better under Sean Payton, um, this is a team I think that can go past their win total. We'll see. We'll see. I don't like Sean Payton. I don't like Russell Wilson, but I can't bet with my heart. I got to bet with my head. I think they land right at nine or 10 wins and either they sneak into a wild card spot or they're the first team out of the playoffs. One of the two. So I'll take over eight and a half wins for the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Detroit Lions I'm going with, this is the longest shot. Uh, this is the longest odds I have of all my bets that I'm going to give out on this podcast, uh, but I couldn't pass it up. And I think their win total set a, a fair number of nine and a half. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not as high on the lines as a lot of people are. Their defense, people forget, was the worst scoring defense in the NFL last year. Now their offense was a top five scoring offense, but I don't know if they did enough on defense. Um to really improve and be an actual contender. And I think their offense might regress a little bit. Um, I don't, I mean, which version of Jared Goff is going to show up? The one we saw last year and the one year that the Rams went to the Super Bowl um, when he was there, or is it going to be the Jared Goff that he was all the years in between those two years? I have no idea. Um, But who I do like on this team is the receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. And I'm betting on him to finish with a most regular season receiving yards at 30 to one. So for you people who like a good long shot, how about this? I'm on Ross St. Brown to lead the NFL in receiving yards at plus 
thousand. Now, do I think he should be the favorite in this category? No, but I think 30 to one is a crazy number. Actually, if you look at pff.com and you look at player ratings from last year, he was actually the second highest rated receiver in the NFL last year. The only one who was rated higher was Tyreek Hill. And he had a very, very good year. 106 receptions, 1,161 yards, six touchdowns. Um, and he only ranked sixth in targets with 146 last year. So if he can, if his targets can increase this year, and I don't see why they shouldn't, um, if he can get as many targets as guys like Justin Jefferson and Devontae Adams did last year, I think he has a very, very, very good chance of leading the, uh, the NFL in receiving yards. I think 30 to one is a crazy number. Now this does rely on, I need Jared Goff to kind of play as good as he did this year, but nine and a half, I think is the right win, uh, total. Uh, for the Lions, I don't have any interest on betting uh, in betting on them as favorites to win the division. Uh, I don't have any interest in betting on them to make the playoffs. Certainly don't want to bet on them to win the Super Bowl or win the NFC. So this is my favorite bet for the Lions. Amon Ross St. Brown to lead the league in receiving yards during the regular season at 30-1. to one. Uh, next up, we got the Green Bay Packers here. Uh, and for the Packers, I'm going to go under seven and a half wins at plus 110. The Green Bay Packers era is over. Or sorry, the Aaron Rodgers era for the Green Bay Packers is over. And I got to be honest, I don't really feel bad for Packers fans. They've been spoiled with Hall of Fame quarterbacks for as long as I've watched football. They went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. Now, can Jordan Love fill the shoes of his predecessors? I don't think so. I say no. And even if he does, the Packers would have to match their, match or improve their win total from last year for the over 7.5 uh, win total to hit. So you, you take out Aaron Rodgers, you put in Jordan Love. Can they win the same amount of games this season? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they've done near enough in the offseason to convince me that they can. Yes, the running backs are pretty solid, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon. But the receivers, I mean, Christian Watson, promising rookie year last year, but you got Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, Dubes, and then a bunch of nobodies. Like, Jordan Love thrown to Christian Watson and Romeo Dubes is not an, an eight-win team, in my opinion. Just not. Also, let's remember their defense last season ranked 28th in the NFL in opponent yards per play. I'm out on the Packers this season. I will take under seven and a half wins for them uh, at plus 110. And with that, uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I don't, I didn't count how many teams I'm into this. So I'm hoping I'm around the halfway point. Uh, I will come back and give the rest of my bets for the rest of the teams uh, for the NFL 2023 season. I'll be right back. All right, let's keep things going here. The next team on the list is the Houston Texans, and I'm going to go with another player award for this one. I'm going to go uh, Houston Texans' Will Anderson to uh, finish uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, the Defensive Rookie of the Year is extremely difficult to guess, but over the past number of seasons, it has largely gone, gone to pass rushers. Um, at least I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. It's didn't Sauce Gardner win it last year, so maybe that's wrong. Um Defensive player of the year usually goes to pass rushers, so you'd think defensive rookie of the year would follow suit as well. But I think Will Anderson is the bet here, especially at his price of 5-1. to one. He was the first defensive player selected in the NFL draft. Um, and one of the things I like about Will Anderson the most, I don't have a lot to say because, I mean, I don't really have anything to add outside of everything that was talked about him before the NFL draft. 
but he'll get to learn from new Texans head coach, D'Amico Ryan, uh, Ryan. So I think, uh, is going to be a fantastic coach for the Texans, a guy who used to play for the Texans, uh, and he should be able to mentor his rookie here. So I think this is a pretty solid bet at plus 500. I don't really have anything else to say. There was nowhere else I wanted to go with the Texans. And I think Will Anderson's the best bet to win defensive rookie of the year. Moving on, we're going to stay in the AFC uh, South. And I'm sorry, Colts fans. But I'm going to go with the Colts to finish with the worst regular season record of 15-1. to This franchise, to me, has disaster written it all over it. With the recent stuff going on between Jim Irsay and Jonathan Taylor, who knows if he plays another snap for the Colts. Um, I'm not a fan of Anthony Richardson, to be completely honest. If he does start, I think the Colts are probably better off to start with Gardner Minshew. But will they start with Gardner Minshew, or will they just give Anthony Richardson the start right out of the gates? We will see. He did not impress me when he played uh, at Florida. Uh, and I'm surprised the Colts are at 15-1. to 1. Uh, They are the... They're tied for sixth on the odds list to finish with the worst regular season record. The Cardinals, Bucks, Texans, Rams, and Raiders all have shorter odds to finish with the worst regular season record. I don't agree with that because I think this team stinks. The receiving core, bad. Jonathan Taylor, like I said, who knows if he's going to play with him after Jim Irsay said ridiculous things to the media about him. Their defense is not great. Um, yeah, it's a long shot bet. I think it's worth a few bucks, though. I'll take uh, the Colts to finish with the worst regular season record at 15-1. to 1. Staying in the AFC South once again, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will. Uh, this is a you know a juicy pick. I think this might be the first minus money pick outside of obviously you know win totals. But I think minus one fifty five for them to win the AFC South. Yes, minus one fifty five is not going to get you up out of bed in the morning. It's not going to get you super excited. But we're looking for value, and at the end of the day, I think that's a good price on the Jaguars. I don't think any other team in this division can win the AFC South. You guys know how much I hate the Titans. I think they absolutely stink outside of their head coach. Colts, I think, are going to be the worst team in the NFL, and I don't think Texans are going to be much better. I would price the Jaguars as uh, to win the AFC South at more like minus 185. So there's 30 cents of value here, um, in my opinion. Uh, especially because this Jaguars team is only going to get better. This is a team that's a very young team, a team that should take a step in the right direction. Trevor Lawrence was arguably the best quarterback in the NFL in the second half of the season last year. They got a playoff win. Doug Peterson has proven he's one of the you know better coaches in the NFL. Calvin Ridley gets added to the mix this year. Uh, obviously, you still wish he was on the Falcons. Not the case. Um, so, minus 55, like I said, not the sexiest best bet in the world, but I still think there's some uh, betting value. I think it's a plus EV bet, as the pros like to say. I'll take Jaguars to win the AFC South. The Kansas City Chiefs, it's going to pain me to do this uh, because I'm actually slowly starting to hate the Chiefs as it usually happens when a team uh, wins year after year. They have become the new Patriots. Um, but I can't hate them anymore. I'm going to take them to finish uh, with the best regular season record in the AFC at plus 320. So to be the AFC number one seed plus 320 last year. If you guys will remember, because they got rid of Tyreek Hill, people tried to big brain the Chiefs. Um, I don't know what I said was going to happen. I don't know if I said they're going to miss the playoffs or just not win the AFC South. I know I made a bet with my coworker Joe Summers that I think the Colts were going to finish with a better record than the Chiefs last year. But my point in saying this is what happened, they went on and um, obviously won the Super Bowl. So it's time to stop 
stop big braining the Chiefs. We just need to accept that they're the new addition. They're the 2020 version of what the Patriots were from the years 2001 through 2019, 2020, 2019. The Chiefs are just going to be the number one, number two, number three seed year after year. They're going to be in the AFC Championship almost every single year. It's just the way it is. We just need to accept it. As long as Patrick Mahomes is there, they're going to continue to win games. So I'm done doubting the Chiefs. I will now be betting on them this season. AFC number one seed plus 320. I think it's a pretty fair price. Who else could realistically be the number one seed? The Bills, who have a win total of 10 and a half. Uh, the Jets. I'm missing an obvious team. Bills, Bengals. I don't think it's going to be the Bills. I obviously don't think it's going to be the Bengals. I don't think it's going to be the Jets. I don't think it's going to be the Ravens. I think it's the Chiefs. I just think it's the Chiefs. If Patrick Mahomes is healthy, it's going to be the Chiefs. Plus 320, I think, and more than fair for a price on the Chiefs to finish with the best regular season record in the AFC. And because it's just the AFC, if a team like the Eagles finishes with the best regular season record in the NFL, that's okay. It doesn't matter. AFC only. Staying in the AFC West, we're going to move on to the Las Vegas Raiders here. And I'm going to go with another uh, award here. And this is might be my, f well, I don't know. I do like it though. Max Crosby to win Defensive Player of the Year at 16-1. to 1. Defensive Player of the Year year, year after year has largely been pass rushers. Um, and now I think it's time for Max Crosby to win this because when I'm looking for award winners, I'm looking for guys who are in their fifth or sixth season in, in the NFL. Usually their NFL peak is around that time. Guys who have improved year after year, guys who were close to the winning the award last year and all this stuff adds up and points towards Max Crosby, especially at his current odds of 16 to one. He has improved every single year. He's entering his fifth year, so he's entering his prime. Last year, he led the NFL in tackles for a loss with 22. So uh, he had 12 and a half sacks, did not lead in sacks. But the fact that he uh, led the NFL in tackles for a loss tells me that he's getting off his blocks and the sack opportunities are going to be there. 12 and a half sacks is actually kind of underperforming, I bet you, for him last year. Also, it is worth noting that uh, the Raiders rookie Tyree Wilson, who was also a pass rusher, will be playing on the other end. So hopefully uh, him being there will take off a little bit of attention from Max Crosby, free him up a little bit. So yes, the Raiders are going to be bad. I don't want to bet on them in any fashion except for this. I think at 16-1, to 1, I think this is the best value bet on the board to win Defensive Player of the Year. Max Crosby, 16-1. to 1. Uh, Chargers sticking in the AFC West here. Uh, I'm going to take Justin Herbert to finish with the most regular season passing yards at plus 700. And I think actually based on the, uh, on the widget here on my article that I'm looking at, it's down to plus 650. So I'm not the only one who likes this bet. He finished second in the NFL, or sorry, he's second on the odds list to lead the NFL in passing yards behind only obviously Patrick Mahomes. And last year he finished second in total, uh, passing yards, I believe. But there's a few signs this year that he is going to surpass Patrick Mahomes and potentially lead the NFL in passing yards. Number one, no team throws the ball more than the Los Angeles Chargers. They threw the ball last season on 65.09% of their plays. That was the highest rate in the NFL. Now, does that change with Kellen Moore being their offensive coordinator, or is that more of a Brandon Staley thing? I don't really know, but what I do know with Kellen Moore is there's going to be a lot more deep shots. 
Last year with your offensive coordinator, I forget who their offensive, the, the name is, is slipping my mind right now, but um, a lot of dump-offs, a lot of Austin Eckler swing passes for Justin Herbert last year. I think this year with Kellen Moore, I think we're going to see a lot more deep shots. So if they throw the ball as much as they did last year and a lot more of their throws, those throws are going to be deep balls, Justin Herbert's going to rack up uh, the passing yards. And actually, I, I should correct myself. The Buccaneers threw the ball more times than the Chargers did last year. Obviously, that's very different. I would be shocked if with Baker Mayfield, they throw the ball as many times as they did with Tom Brady. So Chargers were second in the NFL in passing rate last year. But with Tom Brady gone, I think they're probably uh, going to have the highest uh, passing rate unless Kellen Moore, for some reason, decides not to. So I like Justin Herbert to lead the NFL in regular season passing yards at 7-1. to one. Uh, staying in Los Angeles now, uh, I'm going to take the LA Rams, uh, to finish with over six and a half wins. Uh, the Rams are another very interesting case. They won the Super Bowl two years ago, uh, and they were one of the worst teams in the NFL last year. So what version of the Rams shows up this year? Is it going to be the version somewhere closer to the version that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, or is it going to be, uh, the version that stunk last year. I don't know. I think six and a half wins is a little bit of an overreaction to what was a disastrous season. Cooper Cup got hurt. Matt Stafford got hurt. They had a lot of bad, bad, bad bounces go against them. A lot of injury, bad luck. I don't know if they're going to return to being, you know, winning the NFC West. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender. But they have enough playmakers, enough good players, enough good coaching to go over six and a half wins. That's a very, very low win total in a 17-game season. All they have to do is go seven and ten. And this bet uh, still cashes. So I'll take the over, and you can get it at plus money, plus 110, over six and a half wins for the LA Rams. Moving on to the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to take the Dolphins to win the AFC East at three to one. I am high on the Dolphins if Tua Tungavailoa can remain healthy. Um, I don't have any attachment to the Dolphins. I'm not a Dolphins fan, but I truly think Tua Tungavailoa is. One of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, and if not one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, at least, I think, the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Amongst all quarterbacks who played in at least 10 games last season, Tua led the NFL in quarterback rating at 105.5 and, and was third in QBR. Those numbers speak for themselves. Sure, you can tell me he had a lot of weapons around him. I don't care. First in quarterback rating is first in quarterback rating. Sure, receivers play a role in it, but he has the same receivers this year than he had last year. Now, if they got rid of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, then yeah, maybe that's a valid argument, but those guys are back. Now, obviously, there's the issue with all the concussions. If he has another concussion, that might end his career. And do I think the Dolphins should be favored to win this division? No. But 3-1, to one, I think, is a more than fair price on the Dolphins this year. Let's not forget, they almost beat the Bills in in the playoffs last year with Skylar Thompson, a quarterback. I like the Dolphins a lot this year. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take a shot at them to win the AFC East at 3-1. to one. Next up, we have the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings who, um, I wasn't the only one who said it. A lot of people said it, that the Vikings were the biggest fraudulent team last year. I think they set the record for the best, most wins in a season while having uh, a negative point differential or something like that. Like, their point differential was terrible, but they... Won the division, and uh, they did lose in the first round of the playoffs to the Giants. But I'm going to take them to win the division again this year, plus 300. Not as high on the Lions as other teams. Very low on the Packers. Very low on the Bears. I think almost by default, especially at 3-1, to one, I think you got to take the Vikings. 
Now, I know the Vikings definitely were frauds last year. They did not play as good as the record indicates, but, and I, I, I don't know how to explain this without sounding extremely confusing. I'm probably just big-braining this, but I actually think they overperformed and underperformed at the same time. They should not have won as many games based on how well they played. But I think based on the based on the talent they have in the roster, they should have played better than what they played. So if you just look at their team on paper, I actually with with the, the record they ended with, I actually think was the correct record, but then the stats didn't line up. So once again, it's probably the most confusing thing I've, I've ever said, but based on their record, they overperformed based on their stats. Based on their stats, they overperformed. Based on the talent on the roster, they underperformed. So I actually think statistically they'll be a much better team this year, but they're going to finish with just about the same record. That's what I think about them. Yes, they got rid of Adam Thielen. They brought in Jordan Addison. As long as he stops speeding by 70 miles per hour, he'll be fun to watch alongside Justin Jefferson. Um, I love that they got Brian Flores to be their defensive coordinator. I think that's going to make a massive difference for this defense. Brian Flores... Might be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. I think that is absolutely huge. Will I be betting on the Vikings in prime time when it's prime time Kirk Cousins? Probably not. But I'll take them to win the division, the NFC North, at 3-1. to one. I think that's a great price. Uh, next up, we got uh, my, the least favorite sport, my least favorite sports team of all time, no matter what league, no matter what country. It is the New England Patriots, and I think they are going to be a shit show, dumpster fire, disaster this year, and I will cackle. The entire season. I'll take under seven and a half wins at minus 140 for the Patriots. Gone are the days of them finishing with the top seed, waltzing to the playoffs, waltzing to the AFC Championship, and then dancing in my face after they win the Super Bowl. Those days are gone. Mac Jones stinks. He's not the answer. Bill Belichick is the game has passed him by. He's high. I know Bill O'Brien's back to being their offensive coordinator, but still. Is he's hiring his son to do stuff on the defense. I, Bill Belichick, is he's got to go. I think not only do they go under their win total, I think they're one of the worst teams in the NFL, and I think Bill Belichick either leaves, force forcefully leaves, is told to leave, is told to resign at the end of the season, or is just straight up fired. I'll take under seven and a half wins, minus one forty for the Patriots. Next up, we have the Saints. Now, I don't really know how to feel about the Saints. So I'm going to go with a stat here, and I'm going to go with Derek Carr to finish with the most interceptions at 16-1. to Derek Carr was tied for second in interceptions last season. He threw 14. Only Dak Prescott and Davis Mills threw more interceptions last year with 15 each. I think the Saints signing Derek Carr was a strange move for them because the Saints were statistically a good team last year except for turnovers. They were... I think second last in turnover margin. They did not take the ball away a lot on defense, and they did turn the ball over a ton on offense. So a team that gave up a ton of turnovers on offense, what did they do? They gave they went and signed one of the most turnover-prone quarterbacks in the NFL in Derek Carr. That doesn't make sense to me. That seems like, wouldn't you want to sign a guy who doesn't throw interceptions? Maybe? I don't know. So I think 16-1 is a very good price on him to lead the NFL once again in interceptions. Because even if he doesn't play the best, I don't see them benching him 
And if they do, it would be very late in the year. They went and signed him. This is supposed to be their guy. This is supposed to be the guy that's going to lead them to an NFC South title. I think they'll keep him in. And I think he has a very good shot of leading in interceptions at 16-1. to Next up, we got some New York teams. Uh, we got the Giants. And as much as I... I mean, last year I trashed on both the Vikings and the Giants quite a bit. And now for my uh, regular season bets here, um, I'm actually kind of complimenting them. Because I'm going to actually take the Giants... Over their win total of seven and a half. Now, were they as good as they were last year? No. Like, a, a, as good as the record indicates last year? No. But they are a relatively young team. Uh, Brian Dable, through one season, looks like he's a very, very, very good coach. And we've seen time and time again, and this is part of the reason why the Giants won as many games as they did last year, a good coach in the NFL will drag a team to a certain amount of wins. A good coach can drag a team to eight wins, to nine wins, to a wild card berth. And I think Brian Dable is good enough to do that. Um, Daniel Jones took a step forward last year. We'll see what Saquon Barkley does on this bizarre one-year contract that, that he's on. We'll see if the receiving core can do anything, if their defense can do anything. They couldn't stop the run last year. But especially in a relatively weak NFC conference, um, I think 7.5 is a win too low. I will take over 7.5 wins at minus 106 for the New York Giants. New York Jets... I'm going to take Robert Salah to win coach of the year. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I was high on the New York Jets all last year. I bet on them at some point to win the Super Bowl, I think, at 100-1. to uh, They had a top-two defense, top-three defense. I don't think you can argue that fact very much. Uh, but nobody really noticed about how good their defense was because their offense was so bad. So now with Aaron Rodgers, if he does what a lot of people expect him to do and he fixes this offense and they win games... Um, I think Robert Salah is going to get the credit that he deserves. This is a defense that allowed the second fewest yards per play at 4.8 and the second fewest points per game at 18.6. Aaron Rodgers and this offense do not need to do a lot to win games. They score 21, 24 points a game. They're going to have a very, very good, very good record. People then recognize just how good the Jets defense is. And I think that's a path to Robert Salah winning coach of the year. So my best bet for the Jets is for Salah to win coach of the year at 16 to one uh moving on we got the eagles i'm going with an award bet here because i don't think you can really argue that the eagles are going to be the best team in the nfc um i think that's pretty clear to me um so you could take the over on their win total you could lay the juice on them winning the division you could bet on them to be the number one seed in the nfc probably not a terrible bet But Jalen Hurts is my MVP pick. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts to win NFL MVP. He was second in NFL MVP voting last year, um, but yet he's listed at 12 to 1 at some books to win MVP this year. I don't really understand why. Um, Other, like, I think Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and Mahomes are the top two favorites, and there's Josh Allen, and there's Jalen Hurts. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is, should be the MVP favorite. Not, not only does he get to play in the NFC, whereas Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen have to play in a much tougher AFC, but the Eagles actually have a relatively easy schedule overall, even with it being a first-place schedule. They have the 13th easiest schedule in the NFL this season, and amongst NFC teams, that's one, two, three, four, five. Well, most of the ones whose easy schedules are NFC, six, seven. They have the eighth easiest schedule amongst NFC teams. So it's not like Jalen Hurts now has to all of a sudden play the best defenses in the NFL. I think Jalen Hurts can throw for a ton of yards. He can rush for a ton of yards. Um, 
score touchdowns with his feet, throw for touchdowns. I think he's only going to improve. He's still very young, um, or at least in NFL years. I know that he spent some years in college, in college but he's 24. He's going to take a step forward this year. I think he is by far the best bet on the board to win NFL MVP. Shop around because some books have him at like 9-1. to one, Others have him all the way up to 12-1. to one. I will take Jalen Hurst to win NFL MVP for my best bet for the Eagles. Uh, the Steelers, I will go under their win total for the Steelers. It is set at 8.5, and, and it is plus money to go under, um, and I will go under with their win total. I'm seeing some people give out Kenny Pickett as a dark horse MVP candidate. I actually didn't really like what I saw from Kenny Pickett last year. He had flashes of he looked okay, but I thought he made a lot of poor decisions, turned the ball over a lot. I'm also not a fan of Najee Harris. Um, in my Dynasty Fantasy League, as much as people love hearing other people talk about their fantasy leagues, I got rid of Najee Harris in my dynasty league. He has averaged only 3.9 yards per carry through his first two years in the season. That's not going to cut it. If he's going to continue to average 3.9 yards a carry, he's not going to last. Um, and they don't really have a great number two option for the Steelers. So I don't like the run game. I don't believe in Kenny Pickett. They have a couple talented receivers. That's okay. They do have what, who might be the best defensive player in the NFL in TJ Watt. Um, but I'm just not high on the Steelers. Um, and this is a win total that you can take. I got plus one, under eight and a half wins at plus 120. There's nines out there. If you don't feel comfortable with eight and a half, you can go under nine for even money. I know it's Caesars uh, specifically. Um, Mike Tomlin could just drag them to another nine win season. That's certainly possible. I think Mike Tomlin uh, is a top three coach in the NFL. Regardless, tough division, tough conference. Don't believe in their offense. Under eight, is Matt Canada still there? And that's huge. If Matt Canada is still there, then I love this bet even more. And I assume that he is. Yeah, still the offensive coordinator for the Steelers. Matt Canada sucks. Might be the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Steelers under eight and a half wins at plus 120. Uh, next one is the juiciest bet that I have. And by juicy, I mean like it's the one with the shortest odds. I apologize. I looked everywhere for this team for any kind of better bet. I couldn't find one. I'm keeping it simple. The 49ers to win the NFC West at minus 200. I don't know what to think of this. I mean, Brock Purdy in the games that he played was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Is Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, going to play that well again this year? I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is their defense might be the best defense in the NFL. I believe they were the top scoring defense last year. I'm not high on the Seahawks. I'm certainly not high on the Cardinals. I don't think the Rams have enough to, to win the division. I think by default, the 49ers are far and away the best team in the NFC West. If you can find a better bet, please send me a DM on Twitter I or comment on this YouTube video if there's a better bet that you like for the 49ers. I think their win total is set at a very fair number. I didn't like the over or the under on their win total. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. Ten and a half for their win total. Yeah, I, I don't want to. Do I want to take under ten and a half wins with their defense? No. Do I want to take over ten and a half wins with the questions of quarterback they have? No. I'm just going to take them to win the division because I think by default they win the NFC West. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks uh, sticking in the NFC West. Uh, I'm going to go under nine wins for the Seattle Seahawks. Don't forget, and I mentioned this earlier, the Seattle Seahawks were projected to be the worst team in the NFL last season. They overperformed, especially early in the season. They made the playoffs. They then got their asses kicked in the playoffs by the 49ers. But I'm going to go ahead and take under nine wins. I think they're closer to what people thought they were going to be last year um, than what they ended up being. 
I don't love Geno Smith. Geno Smith's numbers regressed in the second half of the season, especially in the turnover department. Uh, their defense is kind of hit or miss. I think nine wins is a smidgen too high. They're not going to be the worst team in the NFL. I think they finished with seven or eight wins, though. I'll go under nine wins for the Seahawks. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team who's like second or third or second or third on the odds list to finish with the worst NFL uh, record in the NFL. I don't necessarily think that. I actually think the Buccaneers are going to be fine. I'm going to go over six and a half wins, which is plus 120, by the way, uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I know they lost Tom Brady, obviously. Baker Mayfield is certainly no Tom Brady. Uh, that can, you know, that goes without saying. But still, their defense is still very solid and above-average defense. They have some top-tier talent at wideout with Mike Evans. Um, and I, listen, Baker Mayfield has kind of turned into a bit of a punching bag. I actually don't think he's as bad as a lot of people think. I think he's, a, I think he's a, maybe the definition of an average NFL quarterback, average starting NFL quarterback. And with the defense that the Buccaneers have and with the talent that they have on that team, he can lead them to seven or eight wins. I think so. So I'll take over six and a half wins for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We've got two teams left. Uh, I need to say very little about this next one. It is the Tennessee Titans, who have become one of my least favorite teams in the NFL. I'm going to go under 7.5 wins at minus 110 for the Tennessee Titans. I don't care that they signed DeAndre Hopkins. I had a take about DeAndre Hopkins on Twitter that a lot of people uh, said I was an idiot for. Let me see if I can find that tweet. And then he was signed by the Titans, and guess what happened? None of their win totals or odds changed whatsoever. I tweeted on May 26th, are we sure that DeAndre Hopkins is still actually good? I'm not sure he is. And then I followed up by saying, people are forgetting that we just went through almost this exact same situation with Julio Jones a few years ago. A 31-year-old receiver that's dealt with injury issues and small regression over the past two seasons gets released by his old team and everyone nut their pants. Uh, the only difference is Julio was traded, was not released. Some people did agree with me. A lot of people certainly did not. Um, one person said, Drew Frawling said, might be the worst tweet of all time. <laughs> uh, another guy said, delete your account. Um, another guy said, uh, please don't discuss sports again. Thanks. I don't think it was that hot of a take. Like, I get people disagreeing with me, but like for it to be the, the worst take of all time, I don't think so. Um... Yeah, and then he got signed by the Titans and none of their odds moved whatsoever. Um, and plus, I mean, he has Ryan Tannehill. If, if teams wanted him, he listed the quarterbacks he wanted to play with. Ryan Tannehill was not on that list of teams. Uh, I'm sure they will try to run the ball a ton again this year. Derrick Henry um, did better than he did last year, but still, he's he ain't getting better. And still, only uh, averaged 4.4 yards per carry last season. So I feel very comfortable taking the under seven and a half wins for the Tennessee Titans, which leaves me with uh, the Washington Commanders, who are now under new ownership. Good for Commanders fans. I'm still going to take under six and a half wins. I don't know what there is about this team that you can that you can get excited about. Their defense was one of the best in the NFL two years ago. Um, and then they regressed in the big way last year. They were one of the worst defense in the NFL last year. I mean, Sam Howell is going to be their quarterback. Is he the answer quarterback for them? They could have drafted a guy, but they were like, no, Sam Howell's our guy. I don't know. 
the only I think the only player on that offense you can get excited about is Terry McLaurin. I think, you know what, Ben, I didn't put for the Commanders, which, because I wanted to stick to mostly regulated books, and at least in New York, you can't bet on this at regulated books, but um, what my bet, what my actual best bet, if you have a sports book that offers this bet, my actual best bet for the Commanders is for Ron Rivera to be the first head coach fired. New ownership might want to start fresh, if, especially if things go south early for the Commanders. And that could result in Ron Rivera getting fired. The Commanders actually have a relatively tough schedule. They actually have the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9th toughest schedule in the NFL this year. Um, so I, I, I'm i low on the Commanders. Very low on the Commanders. I will take the under 6.5 wins or Ron Rivera to be the first coach fired. Let me see if I can find an offshore book, actually, that offers it. Just for people who are curious um, to see what his odds uh would be i'm gonna guess he's probably gonna be second or third on the odds list i would guess mike mccarthy would be the favorite possibly but is jerry jones gonna fire someone mid-season um no we don't want that coach of the year no we don't want that defensive rookie no we don't want that nfl regular season first coach fired bet online does have some odds here mike mccarthy is the favorite six to one todd Bowles second on the odds list six to one pretty good bet Josh McDaniels and Ron Rivera tied for third on the odds list at seven to one to be the first head coach fired. I think that's a pretty good bet. Ron Rivera to be the first coach fired at seven to one, but regulated books, I'll go under six and a half wins minus minus one twenty. So there you have it. 32 teams, 32 bets. Now I have not announced my picks to win the AFC NFC and to win the Super Bowl. And last year, if you guys remember, I made what might be historically the worst preseason predictions of all time. I predicted the Colts to beat the Rams in the, in the Super Bowl. And they were truly two of the worst teams in the NFL. Neither of them were even close to sniff, sniffing the playoffs. So now I'm going to do the complete opposite. I apologize because this is the squarest bet I've ever made. But I'm going to make take the Chiefs to win the AFC at plus 350, the Eagles to win the NFC at plus 250, and the Eagles to win the Super Bowl at 8-1. to one. So I am predicting a complete Super Bowl rematch. And I am predicting the Eagles this time to win in the rematch. That's boring. I know it's square, but I think there's no team that's even close to the Eagles in the NFC, except for maybe the 49ers if Brock, Brock Purdy can return to form. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs. At the very least, they're going to be in the AFC Championship game. It just It is what it is. Now, I will say, I'll, I'll say a dark horse matchup for those people who really wanted me to kind of give a unique pick. I'll say Jets versus Vikings for my kind of dark horse Super Bowl matchup. I think Vikings, like I said, will be a lot better with Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. I think they'll perform a lot better this year than they did last year, probably end up with a similar record. Uh, and the Jets, obviously, top three defense, in my opinion, and Aaron Rodgers could play well enough to lead them on a playoff run. So my actual pick is Eagles over Chiefs. For a dark horse, more unique pick, I'll say Vikings beat Jets. How about that? Let's talk road to 272 and then we'll wrap things up. So like I said, I bet on all 272 NFL games. This will be my fourth year doing it. Obviously, before last year, it was 252 or no, 2020 is 252. We've had 272 now for two straight seasons. Uh, 2020 was 256 or 150, 250. I don't know. It was less fewer games 
My record in 2020 was 130 wins, 119 losses, and 17 pushes for plus 5.79 units. 2021 was my best year to uh, best year ever. I went 151, 120, and one push for plus 25.47 units. Last year was my worst year. I went uh, 128, 135, and nine for minus 12.32 units. I know this is just kind of, you know, maybe I'm just kind of blaming it or looking for an excuse, but I, I do think I had bad luck last year. I felt in 2021, a lot of coin flip games that came down to one play. A lot of them went my direction in 2021. I probably, I had good luck in 2021. And then last year I had bad luck. I think a lot of coin flip games that come down to a play or two went against me last year. So it is what it is. We're going to try to at least beat last year's uh, record and my goal every single year is to finish in the black if i'm up one unit at the end of the year i i deem that a success betting on all, every single game is tough so my all-time regular season record on the nfl um and i did not put in the units here for some reason let me see if i can find them road to my all-time record i don't know why that came up uh, the graphic there again um, I don't have it. I can just use my calculator here. Um, but it is 409 wins, 374 losses, 17 pushes for plus 5.79 first year, plus 25.47 second year. This is a great radio. Minus 12.32 last year for plus 18.94 units so after betting on every single nfl regular season games for three seasons i'm up 18.94 units if i do have a losing year this year at least i hopefully i don't lose 19 units that, that's kind of a secondary goal now i did recover a lot of those uh losses in the playoffs last year i went 11 and 2 in the playoffs last year the only two bets i lost were the bills to beat the Bengals in the divisional round and I had the Eagles minus one in the Super Bowl other than that I went 11 and 2 for plus 8.33 units so including the playoffs last year my final record looked a little bit better 139 137 and 1 for minus 3.99 units just a little recap so you know uh, for those who haven't listened the past few years how I have done betting on every single game now the rules for this year I've written out six rules for the road to 272 bets this year Number one, it's obvious. I will place one bet on all 272 games. 272 games, 272 bets, no more, no less. Rule number two, all 272 bets will be one unit flat. There will be no two unit plays. There will be no half unit plays. It is not betting to win a unit. It is I am placing a one unit flat bet on every single uh, bet, no matter what the odds are. Number three, and this is where there's a little bit of a change this year. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Leave a comment on the YouTube video or send me a DM on Twitter. But a bet will be on the spread, on the total, on the money line if it's an underdog, or on a player prop. So that is the big change this year. The first three seasons, I did not do player props. I only did spread, total, and money line underdogs. I'm adding in player props. I think betting on every single game in the NFL season is hard enough. I think completely limiting my options to not use player props. I'm, I'm just making it harder for myself unnecessarily. And I'm also bad at totals. Uh, two straight seasons, I've lost money on totals, or at least two straight seasons, I know for a fact, 
were my wor- totals were my worst type of bet. Last year is by far my worst type of bet. So this way, sometimes I had to force total bets because I didn't like the spread whatsoever. This way, it gives me a little bit more leeway where if I don't like the spread or the total on a game, I can look at player props instead instead of forcing a spread or total bet. With that being said, I will always primarily look at spread first and then total money line. If I like a spread, I'm going to go with that direction first just because that's going to be the most common type of bet that people are going to want to look for. And it's the bet that I've done the best with over the years. And then the caveat to this third rule is I don't bet money line favorites. People who listen in the past know this. If I'm betting a money line, it is on the it is on the underdog. I do not bet money line favorites. That's 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 a cowardly move. Um, rule number four is that uh, I must place at least one money line bet each week, one money line underdog bet each week. That is a rule I've done for the past couple of years. I'm keeping it up. Sometimes. When I don't like any big underdog, the underdog is like a plus 105 play. But as long as they are an underdog on the money line, I will place at least one of those weeks. Sometimes I place two or three. Rule number five, the bet will be placed at a regulated New York sports book. This is another change. Last year, I did place some bets at offshore sports books. I will not do that this year for transparency's sake. I live in New York. That is where I'll be placing my bets. So all of the bets will be placed at either BetMGM Bet Rivers, FanDuel, Caesars, PointsBet, WinBet, or DraftKings. Those are the regulated mobile sport betting apps in the state of New York. This that means I cannot use Bet365. I cannot use Barstool Sportsbook. Um, those are the two off the top of my head that I know don't operate in New York. I'm sure there are others as well. And last year I was using offshores like Bovada and Bet Online. I will not be using them. And Pinnacle was another one. And I can't bet Pinnacle because they caught me betting on that site while living in New York. So <laughs> uh, I got a very uh, firm warning from Pinnacle not to bet while I'm in New York. So I won't. So regulated New York sports books only. Now, obviously, if you're going to tail my bets, please find the best odds available for you. Uh, and that might be at a sports book that's not regulated in New York. And the sixth and final rule is all of my bets will be tracked at Betstamp. My Betstamp account is the same as Twitter, at IanMacBets, I-A-I-N-M-A-C, Bets. Right now, all my picks are public, but I will do the same thing I did during the football season last year, and I will make my picks private um, and will only be shown at the conclusion of the game. That way, I'm forcing you to at least consume some of my content. Even if it's just reading the written article on Betsided, I do a lot of work betting on 272 games. It's a lot of extra time. All I ask for you is that you give the article a click or give the podcast a listen or watch on YouTube. And if you are watching it on YouTube, like the video and subscribe to it. That's all I ask. Some people last year were going straight to my bet stamp account to find the picks. They DM you saying, why can't they see them? I don't ask for much. This is all free content. All I ask is that you give me a click. But they will be tracked on bet stamp and they will be verified on Betstamp. Beside each uh, pick, it'll have a little verified logo to show that I haven't edited it or put it in afterwards. Um, they all be put in on Betstamp when I place the bet, and then you will see that they are all verified at the conclusion of the games. So, full transparency. This is my second year tracking them on Betstamp 2020 and 2021. I did it at, on an Excel sheet that was public, uh, but that was a lot more work. It's a lot easier on Betstamp and a lot more easier to verify because even though I was putting odds into an Excel sheet, there was no way for you to verify those were actually odds that were available at a sports book. 
So I'm trying for full transparency here. Feel free to follow me at BetStamp, or you can go ahead and try to um, audit my account if you want. I have nothing to hide. I lost 12 units last year. I was very open about it. I'm not a professional better. That should be rule number seven. I'm not a professional better. I do this for fun. I do it for entertaining, for entertainment. My goal is at the end of the season to not be down money. Why? Because I find betting on sport sporting events makes the game more exciting to watch. If I can bet an entire season's worth of games and not lose money, then I made those games more entertaining for myself at no cost. Even if I lose a couple units, it's worth it because I find betting on games make them a lot more enjoyable to watch, especially when it's, you know, uh, the Texans against the Colts on a Sunday night football game or on a Thursday night football game. If I didn't have money on the game, I wouldn't care. Putting money on it makes it entertaining to watch. Please bet responsibly. Especially me with, uh, I do one flat unit on every pick, but my units are a very reasonable size. I'm not betting thousands of dollars on these games. If I was, um, I would have a panic attack every Sunday. So I would encourage you to do the same. I'm not a professional better. 99.999% of you listening are not and will not be a professional better. It is something that us betters just need to accept. So let's have some fun with it. If you want to tail me, best of luck. Um, if you want to do 278 with Roto 272 bets yourself, I know I believe Cody Wells was doing it himself last year. Shout out to him. Please do keep me updated how your Road 272 bets does. I'm very excited for this NFL season. I'll be back week one of the season. I don't know when the episode will be released for week one, but the next time you'll hear my voice on this podcast will be for week one of the Road to 272 bets. Thank you all so much for listening to my season preview episode. If you're listening to the audio version of this, rate the podcast and review it. That helps me out a ton. For some reason, the numbers tell me I'm big and hungry. I don't know why. Shout out to the Hungarians out there. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like the video and Give me a subscribe. That would be much appreciated as we head into the NFL season, which is by far the best part of the year and my busiest part of the year. So thank you all so much for listening. I love you all. Best of luck. I will talk to you in about a month's time. And when you hear my voice, the road to 272 bets will have begun. Gambler, bless.